Well, here we are again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's the Scott and Mark show, Uh, but we are glad that you've joined us. This is a special day, but a bit of a weird Easter for us. I still feel like the late night comedians too. There's no audience hardly to respond. You, you, it's just yeah. kind of weird still not having our friends here in the room with us. Yeah. Your comments though. Uh, we really appreciate that. And we're going to have another question for you today um, that we'd love for you just to chat about. And I'll, I mean, I'll go ahead and give it to you. We asked a similar question already. And that is, is simply, ha- have you experienced something during this time that, because what some are calling the great pause, the great you know, pause. recognizing that there are some that are really horrifically affected by all of these events. But for those that are, for the most part, kind of working through and you're doing okay, uh, that's great pause that we've had. Is there something you've learned about yourself, something you've learned about your own faith in Christ that, uh, that you want to take with you? Because... Once this is over and we get back to our schedules, all the same distractions are going to come flooding in. I would love to know what are the things that you've learned about yourself or your faith, something that you want to be sure that you take with you. In a few minutes, we'll ask you to post some comments on that. We'd like to interact with you. And then if you, we're going to do our best to follow comments as we have before um, and just try to be as interactive as we possibly can on this Easter. But it is it is different. I love all these videos and all the work that went in oh, yeah. um, to do that. And just to remind us of the, the beautiful faces that we normally get to see. Um, and I want to also commend the courage of some of you that almost didn't send a video in because some of us don't like to see ourselves on <laughs> exactly. video or listen to ourselves. Yeah, exactly. But you, you went ahead and you did it. And so we're thankful that you did that. And some of you got to see how hard it is to do things in one take as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's not nearly as easy as you would think it is. Yeah, yeah. We had a great time. Um, I, I think maybe putting the, the Tenebrae service together was as meaningful or more meaningful for us than it was for anybody who watched it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm really thankful for everybody that helped with that. And Should we have a blooper in. reel from that later? Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I delete all the bloopers. Yeah. I, I'm not secure enough to, to post the bloopers <laughs> yet. But uh, anyway, so it is a different different time, um, and but it is a day of good news. And that good news that we know that Christians are celebrating around the world this weekend is that Jesus rose from the dead. Scott, you were sharing with me some kind of good news about our community yeah, and locally as well. I mean, I think we're seeing some positive things in our community, despite what it all depends on who you listen to sometimes. But if you go to the Hamilton County Health Department's page, which is very factual, it's not politically motivated or anything of that nature, and you go and look, our hospitalizations are down, which is a good thing. They started off, I think, at the 1st of April at 21 people hospitalized inpatient for the coronavirus. And as of Friday, it was down to nine people. So you, you have to look at those things. We have, um, I think they report 102 total cases now, but 60 of those have already recovered. So there's good news out there. We just have to, to kind of keep that in mind, not focus on the negative. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with our own personalities, how, yes. how we react to these things and, and what we focus on. And you can change your entire mood depending on what you read online. Oh, and, and, it is so, and it so impacts you during the day and everything else. There are things on there that make you so mad you could spit. There's things that, <laughs> that you think that's just foolishness. Then there's other things that's a touching story. And all those things just play on your emotions all the time. Oh, absolutely. And I am been very excited to see all the posts of hope and encouragement 
that um, so many of you are posting, and it's it's really good to see. I that those are some of the things I hope that we will definitely continue uh, as we move in out of the quarantine. And of course, we know we're not quite out of the woods yet, but we hope that it will be soon, and we'll continue to watch and let yeah. you know. But it is good news. Well, you know, another good good thing that we're seeing here. Just take this and imagine how hard this would be if we didn't have the technology we're using mm-hmm. today. We'd we might could phone call each other. You might could make a phone. We would be able to see each other's faces. We wouldn't really know how each other were doing uh, without some of these tools. So, so there's always good and bad. But I think I think we're seeing the church use it for great good right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that we have um, typically done on Easter Sunday is um, for those that attend worship once a year. If when we talk about the resurrection on Easter Sunday, typically that means that if you come. One time a year to church, you hear the same message every time. So we always want to talk about the resurrection. But there's a part, a side of the resurrection that I want us to talk a little bit about today. And and that is the reality that not only did Jesus walk out of the grave, walk out of the tomb, but he provides new life for us. Like literally, yeah. n- we, we're not the same. When we experience Christ, we're literally... Uh, not the same. Second Corinthians five says, and if you want to follow along, we did put a U version. Um, we put a U version together. You can find that either through the link that we showed earlier, although I don't think we can pop it up right now. But if you go to U version, uh, the app, then you can look for events, search for journey, and you can pull up all the things and the lyrics and everything that we yeah. were talking about today. Second um, Corinthians five. Um, 17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. One of my favorite verses. Yeah. I, I actually wrote a Bible track some years ago that was based on this this very verse. Um, a lot of you guys know me. I'm a big fan of the, the car community and car shows and things like that, which is actually how I got my start in ministry. And one of the Bible tracks I wrote was comparing restoring a classic car to restoring your life and how... Christ could make our lives new, just like you could make that car new, and that had uh, had the benefit of having that distributed through several different sources and things. It just was always a verse, verse that meant a lot to me because of that, yeah. and the, the way I was able to use it. Yes, yes. I and depending on where you come from, uh, if you come from a very hard background, this verse has probably more meaning than if you've lived a pretty good life your whole life had loving family, everything you needed, never really struggled. The the idea in your mind may be a little more um, abstract, but if you come from a place where you would never go back to the life you had before, then this verse is a, a, a shout, a cry of freedom to say, I am not that person. I am new. I am different. He goes on to say, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Here's what I'd love for you to do. If you're in the room with somebody, then I want you to turn to somebody next to you. If you're if you're there by yourself, go find a mirror or pull out your phone or you got your phones if you're watching this probably and and look at yourself and just say you are new. Just say that to somebody next to you. You're new. You're new. And that means the old is gone. The person you were is not the person you are. And and that is one of the beautiful benefits of 
what Christ did on the cross. But and do you always feel new? Oh, yeah. No, no, no way. That's the truth. That is the hardest part sometimes is realizing those sins are forgiven and you're a new creature, but sometimes that sin nature creeps back into your life and begins to take over somewhat. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The feeling of being new and the reality of being new are yeah. not always the same because we still have those memories and we're still struggling um, in all honesty, between this true self and false self. And we've talked a little bit about this at Journey before. If you're not familiar with the concept of true self, false self, Richard Rohr has done a lot of, of teaching on this and a, a lot of just work. But it goes so much along with Scripture and especially with what Paul says there in Second Corinthians. And and the the true self is literally that person when you are most honest, most transparent, uh, most really honestly you, but it goes beyond just being honest and authentic. It is who you are as you were created to be. Whenever everything's firing right, your relationship with God is right, everything is going well, you are your true self. Your false self is kind of a survival suit that we put yeah. on over ourselves. This is how I survive in the world in which I live. So I pack on um, lots of behaviors and personality traits and way I talk to people and treat people because I, I over time learn how I survive interactions with people. Now, some of you don't survive <laughs> interactions like you crave them. Malia in our house is our uh, huge extrovert. So we're all pretty much pretty severe introverts in our family. And Malia she is like, if she has to be left alone for a minute, she might literally explode. She, she has enough extrovert to cover the entire rest of your family. That's not, for sure. And then some. And, then, and some. then some. So she's really struggling at this time, not being able to hang out with her friends and go to school and do all those things. But that, that true self is what Paul's referring to when he says your new self. Like this is you redeemed. This is you changed. This is you finally reflecting what Christ died to give you and to bring you towards that return as we just finished talking about Genesis to God's image and more of, of what that really looks like. And then he goes on and he doesn't stop there just to say, listen, enjoy this new thing. Instead, he says this new thing is meant to go out and help other people be new as well. And he goes on to say, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, reconciling back with God, becoming who he intended us to be, defining that true self in him. That is verse 19, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. In other words, go out and tell other people about this. That's a big word too. They're entrusted to us. Yeah. You know, I'm giving this to you to do. Yeah. You know, people often ask why we're here. Yeah. I think that's a pretty clear indication of what God's expectation is for us as Christians here on earth is he's entrusted us with something, a very spectacular message to take forth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah, like your most prized possession yeah. that you hand over and then it's gone. Like you might hand your car keys over to me, right? You could. Yeah, I'm driving the Jeep today, so yeah. Oh, well, yeah how I about it? you were driving the <laughs> Charger today. But uh, your most prized possession, and then it's kind of hands off. 
Because, yeah. you know, some, some have said, well, why wouldn't Jesus just stay? I mean, he's a much more effective evangelist than we are. Why wouldn't he just say, but instead he's entrusting this ministry to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God, finding your true self, becoming new. Verse 21, for our sake, he made him, talking about Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Just a beautiful passage about not just what we experience, but what he wants from us. Yeah, yeah, the well. expectations that, that he has for us. And I was thinking as you were you were reading that, we all already struggle with the fact of, am I good enough to be a witness? Am I good enough to do this? I'm, I'm not as effective as the pastors on stage, or I'm not as effective as the people leading worship. I'm just not as effective, so I kind of go into my shell and don't share this. Can you imagine how much worse that would have been if Christ was here? We'd have all left it up to him, would we not? Yeah. Hey, he's the expert. He's the guy. Just leave it up to Jesus, and he'll he'll let everybody know the message, and I won't do anything. Yeah. So I kind of wonder if that's the reason we're entrusted with that, is Christ knew that he would never be able to get out of the spotlight, so to speak, that it would always be people looking to him instead of people sharing it through their, their testimony and their faith. Right. And what they had not experienced up until this time is part of that entrusting to us is entrusting the Holy Spirit to us, which we wouldn't experience the work of the Holy Spirit in the way that we can if he did stay, just like you're saying. He says the reason I had to go away is because there's a comforter coming. The Holy Spirit is coming to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In um, Mark 2, 21 and 22, this is just... One of my favorite passages that talks about being made new, and mm-hmm. it's the idea. Go, you could you could rewrite this exactly how you did that tract. Yeah. Um, it says, "No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. If he does, the patch tears away from it, the new from the old, and a worse tear is made. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins." And the wine is destroyed, and so are the skins. But new wine is for fresh wineskins. Now, he's not talking about new bodies. Yeah. Right? He's not saying you get a whole new body. Wow. No, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it would be nice. Yeah. But it doesn't work that way. Would you wait till you're like 40, 50 years old before you request yeah. that new body? Say, Time okay, for I'm a ready trade to in. get a reset here. This yeah. is where I want it. <laughs> Time for a trade-in. But uh, instead, he's talking about walking away from that old self that has all these things kind of packed on you that you have learned how to survive, learn how the people around you want you to act, how they want you to respond to them, learn how you're supposed to see the world to be accepted by whoever you're around. And he wants you to let all of that go and instead become the new thing, the new person that Jesus died for you to become. And it's not easy. Yeah. Do you, and do you ever hate this one, Mark? This would be especially for you and I, when somebody starts out the conversation with pastor. What would? It's like, oh man, you just jacked the expectations up to a whole nother level. Now I've got to put the pastor yeah. image on. I, you're going to expect me to do certain things and say certain things and act certain ways that just are probably almost unattainable anyway. Yeah. And so you know, it's that's always one of the things for me. It's like, oh, don't don't do that. I'm Scott. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> The true self is is definitely the new self. I'll call the true self the new self, self, self moving forward. The new self is authentic. And 
Scripture tells us, we were talking about this the other day, Scripture tells us that we should be confessing our sins to each other. Now, that is a level of authenticity I believe few believers experience. You go first. Experience. Right. All right. I'm not going to tell you all that I've done wrong. Pastors are the worst at this because somehow pastors are expected to be newer new selves than anybody else, but that's not true. In fact, I, Paul, hey, never, how, do you, how do you block your wife's comments on this Facebook thing? She, we well, probably need to block that yeah. because, because our wives will be truthful if no one else will yeah, here. Right, right. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, so so that new self, um, we can't just drag on along all the old ways of seeing, all the old ways of doing. If we are, that's what he's talking about. You know, I I don't know. You could yeah. probably come up with a better car analogy. Oh, like, I've got a great car analogy. Okay, I mean, all right. car, the the car guys here can appreciate that. If you watch any of the car restoration shows, one of the things they pride themselves in is putting new sheet metal in that car. Mm-hmm. They don't go back and sandblast it and try and seal it unless it's just that's the absolute. If you can't find a replacement part that's that's good, and it has to be that, you'll go back and try and restore that used part. But most of the time, they go in and put as much new sheet metal in the car as is necessary to make the car like new. They won't put an old patch in it. So that's very applicable to a car scenario. Yeah, yeah. So what would happen if you took if you put a brand new engine in, but you put the original hoses yeah. in that car? Yeah, what would happen? Yeah, exactly. And people have done that, actually. You go in and they try and reuse parts like that. And the weakest link is what always breaks. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen is you're going to be going down the road, and the hose is going to get pressurized, and poof, then you're sitting on the side of the road with a with a broken radiator hose pouring steam out of it. Right, right, right. So, and and we can each in our own areas that we enjoy, our hobbies, or where we work, or where we live, we can each come up with with our own example of what that is. Cooking. You know, if you if you drop an egg on the floor, do you throw it into the batter? You know, is that is that what you want to do, or or do you fix a whole new meal, but then you bring in kind of the pot roast from three weeks ago to to put on all the brand new fixings? Ah, you 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 do something new, but often within our lives, what we what we tend to do is we drag like an anchor our old self with us. Leslie has a great point here. Yeah. It says, if we wait to be perfect to share the gospel, we'll never share it. Living out loud makes us relatable and introduces the possibility that grace can be extended to even the worst of sinners. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, One of the, um, one of the things that has become very popular today is the Enneagram. And some of you love the Enneagram and uh, for some that you are all about personality profiles, it's not really a personality profile. And one key way in which the Enneagram is different from personality profiles is personality profiles identify what your kind of what your tendency to act is. And the Enneagram, while it could be similar, is really not about your behavior as much as it is about what are those things that motivate your behavior. And so I went to a seminar um, a couple of months ago that Suzanne Stabile did down in Atlanta on the Enneagram. And one of the things she talked about that I've mentioned a little bit already that stood out to me and I thought was incredibly meaningful was how we're born and how we develop. And that like an onion, we're we're kind of born with a core that is just just kind of pure and it you know made in the image of God. And you are really a blank slate. But as you begin to pack on all these things like layers to an onion, you you start to become something else. And we don't 
after a, a time, we don't really know why we do the things we do. We just kind of do them. I don't know why I respond the way I do. I just kind of respond this way. It's just who I am. And the, what you can do is go through your entire life never getting back to that person in which God created you to be. I do love the Enneagram tool. It's just a tool. It's not like the gospel, but it, it's a great tool. Um, some of our staff are going through uh, a book about it right now called The Journey to the Enneagram. It's really helpful to understand what motivates you and how you interact with other people, what motivates other people, and, and see that God makes us truly as different types of people. But really what the Enneagram shows us is, so what in your deepest, most, most authentic self, what motivates you to act? What fears drive you? What passions move you in a way that could be healthy or could be unhealthy? And all that is him trying to get us <coughs> to a life in which you are living. I know there's a, a popular book out called Your Best Life Now, and yeah. I just want to tell you, don't read that book. It's a terrible book. Uh, because your best life now is in the book is all about what you get in this life, which Paul would completely disagree yeah. with because your best life now is when you're walking fully and wholly with Christ, being or becoming the person that you were created to be, not the trappings that we get stuck with. And the reality is we can... You can live an entire life and never truly live life. Yeah. <clears throat> and one of the things I was thinking about there too, as you were you were talking about us realizing what makes us react the way we do, that's one of the things that we have done, and we've had our friends from Kingdom Partners here on stage speaking mm-hmm. with us. Is each one of us had a different life experience, and it, and it had formed our opinions in the way we, we react to what's around us because we had all had different life experiences and different upbringings, and there was no one necessarily right or wrong there. It was just the differences in the way we saw things. Yes. And, you know, as we move forward, we need to be able to realize that we have to empathize with those that don't have the same life experiences that we do. Yes, we are different. God is creative in many ways and we have come through different background experience that's a great point and how do we live through that though as you as you're saying you know how, how do we really live in recognizing those differences maybe even celebrating those differences and live out life yeah yeah this is where i um i think that it takes a lot of margin in our lives to peel back the layers of not only our own onion but recognize Everyone we interact with is like an onion, too. We have to kind of peel their layers back. And that takes margin, because if your interactions are quick and responsive, reactive, then you just take it for face value. You respond, you see them, you make a quick assessment, and you move on to the next. And that's the way most of us live our lives. Now, you may be moving on because you're busy at work, or you've got family activities, or Ever. But it takes margin to stop and to truly get to know someone, to listen, yeah. rather than to talk, and to find out who is this person. Because uh, sometimes, and especially introverts, sometimes introverts don't show you who they really are. Uh, instead, you have to peel them back and find out what, what really makes them tick, because they're not going to put that out there. Yeah, Mark is scaring me with this onion example because every time he sees, well, if you peel back an onion, what do you think? It stinks. It's strong. It's <laughs> it's overbearing sometimes, and I, yeah. I think that may be accurate as well that for some of be. us. That, that when you get down to it and we peel off those layers of who we really aren't, that sometimes we're not as good inside as we should be. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely true. But 
you know, this is why Jesus came. I mean, this is the new life is all made possibly all made possible only and completely because of what Jesus did on the cross. I mean, that is it. I mean, literally, if you don't have the new life, you have no life. You have no life. William Wallace said this, every man dies, not every man really lives. And is that not true? I I do think this great pause that we're in uh, is very helpful. I would love, if if you've had a chance to think it through or to talk maybe a little bit while we've been talking, um, I, I would love to hear what are some things you've learned about yourself or about your faith that this pause, this new margin that you've been forced into in your life that has taught you, I want this to continue. I don't, I don't want this to end when everything goes back to normal. Because when things go back to normal, you just understand you're going to be inundated with messages telling you this is how marketing works. Yeah. Your, your life is not good enough until you add our product at this, and it will be a discounted rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's going to subtly tell us that the things that we learned and grew and experienced in the Great Pause aren't that great. It's really all the other stuff. Yeah. The things that you think of all those things that you paused and didn't do. You didn't go get the new car. You didn't go get the new clothes. You didn't go get the new electronics. So there'll be a new video game. I remember how bored you were during the quarantine. What if you had this? Yeah. And so there's going to be a lot of those things out there. Yeah. And we have already got some good comments. All I'm right. going to back up here a few minutes. Uh, Renee Ramsey posted before the quarantine. I was so exhausted. My busy schedule was overwhelming and it was making me miserable. Having this time of forced rest is kind of nice. Yeah, good. I'm not seeing many comments, so I guess I don't have a good feed here. Okay, Murphy Legg says, What I want to take with me is to actively make time to enjoy my family, to make myself be completely present with them, enjoying the stages my kids are in and appreciating the precious time we get to have with Jonathan and Legg when he gets to be home, and expand it to actively be present with friends and extended family when possible. By the way, just bringing up Murphy, um, if you had not watched her video on Facebook, Singing to Tristan, oh my goodness, it is such a precious uh, picture of a mother's love for a child and a child's love for his mother. So Murphy, that was, thank you for sharing that with all of us. But good thoughts, good thoughts. Um, Some have asked about the book. I I meant to mention the book title. The book that the staff is going through, by the way, is The Road Back to You by Suzanne Stabile and Ian Cron. So uh, if, 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 by the way, as an aside, I reached out to them. We have a small group study called the the, uh, the Journey to the Enneagram, and we were going to do a fall. It's a DVD series where we can watch her teach, and then you kind of learn about the Enneagram. Uh, I'll share some more information about this. If you'd be interested in doing that online, I reached out to them and just said, "Hey, you know, we're all stuck at home, and would it be is there a way that we could share these videos?" And then we can have a Zoom call where we talk about them. If that's something you'd be interested in, I, I'd love to hear it from you. Uh, I don't know how long we're going to be quarantined, but it could be a time to do some work in that. Yeah. Any, any other comments? Oh, crazy comments here. Leslie says, I didn't go to Old Navy, and I don't miss it. And the same for Starbucks. I never thought I would hear Leslie say she doesn't miss Starbucks. Really? Wow, that's that's big. Yeah. Well, why don't you miss it? Leslie's in the audience this morning. Oh, got oh. Some, so 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 Leslie says she she kind of got her own tea the uh, 
y'all that don't know, Nikki Murphy is our, our tea expert locally. Yeah. And so uh, she, she got her hooked up and she's gone and bought her some tea and things like that. And I think all of us are eating at home more. Yes. Um, you know, cause what I'm finding, I really miss about the, the eating out places is fellowshipping with our friends. It's not the eating out at the restaurant necessarily. Uh, Karen will tell you though, there's one problem that we have with eating at home is you have to clean up at home as well. <laughs> yes. that's, that's not nearly so much fun. The cooking part's okay. It's in your through eating. It's like, oh, uh, look at this mess we've got to clean up. Yes. So, Our kids have been very excited about all the cooking at home that require cleanup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not really. Melissa says, Nora's takeaway from the great pause. There are multiple factors in someone's true personality. Yeah. Uh, that's that that will certainly come out when you're quarantined with someone. <laughs> yeah. And and let me just also just for those who are, are caught that when Scott says in the audience, there's literally six, six of, us of us here. here yeah. So she Leslie's one of our was one of our worship yeah. leaders up here today. So there's li- only six of us here. We don't have an audience here, but um so anyways, yeah, yeah. Those are great comments. Uh, Aaron Moore says, the situation has made me stop consuming all the time and running like crazy. I'm slowing down, and we're having regular family game nights. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great. Oh, man, I, that could lead to marital stress there because I know how <laughs> Heath, how competitive Heath is. I can't imagine him on game night at the house. That That's probably pretty intense. Yeah. They're not playing a Monopoly. Yeah, no, that's right, probably banned right. in their house. Yeah, I, I wonder if Ronan got to take communion again today. Ronan's their German shepherd. And apparently got some of the communion supplies yeah, last yeah, time we yeah, did communion. Actually, I was waiting for Ronan to comment this week. He's probably got some pretty <laughs> hey, good things to say. Ronan He's got his own page now. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, all right. Here's Christina. I'm getting a few of them coming in. She says, our oldest hates being away from home. I put him in a couple of extracurricular activities because I think he's supposed to, based on our cultural standards, but I hate it. He hates it. We've loved being home, not rushed and just together. Yeah. Adonis. Donna Gibson says, I've been reminded that he that he truly is enough without friends, work, or even family, that he is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Aaron just commented, Ronan did get communion supplies again today. So good job, Ronan, being on the ball and not missing out. Um, Melissa uh, has, uh, Wynn has, my takeaway, Jesus is with me even in the tiny moments. I guess I already knew that, but I didn't really know it the same. Oh, Not long ago, I could handle aloneness. I couldn't handle aloneness at all, and God has offered miracles in that area. That's very good, Melissa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that margin that pausing gives you. So I would encourage you, if you're running from thing to thing, stop and pause, consider, and ask yourself, what, what am I feeling right now? What am I experiencing right now? If you have a moment of just kind of calm and peace, ask yourself, where, where did that come from? Yeah. And, and, of course, the easy answer is, well, God may have given it to me. But it also may be that you've changed a rhythm that is a, a, allowing you to experience something you would not have experienced had you been living your normal life. Yeah, lots of comments this morning. Patrick Elmore says, I truly have loved having this extra time with Melanie. It also shows me just how great our relationship really is. That's good. Yeah, good, good. Mine stopped again. So I don't uh, know. Rick Adams says, embrace the moment, whatever it is and whoever you're with. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all, that's good. That's good. So this new wine going in the new wineskins or the fresh cloth going on as a a patch. uh, Listen, this is what Christ came for. This is what the resurrection was for. 
It is for us to be new creations. It is for us to experience this newness. And I think not so much in the, like, I've got to dig like an archaeologist to dig this out, but instead a wonderful journey of joy of being new and fresh and recognizing this is good. Things are good. Paul, he talked about newness in a a pretty... Um, Intense way, and I would say... <laughs> Paul, Paul had a habit of being yeah, intense, didn't he? <laughs> he was, and Philippians. So this is how this is how Paul describes um, this newness and how he practices it in his own life. It's, Philippians 1.20, it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now as always Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life, or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain, which sounds like he might ought to see a counselor. Yeah. <laughs> but he goes on to explain that. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor, labor for me. Yet, which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. And then this is where he really explains it. My desire is to depart this world life um, all the things that, all the trappings, all the distractions, all the stresses, all the failures, all the sorrows, all the things clawing at us to keep our attention on it rather than on Christ. My desire is to depart all of that and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. In other words, you need me here. God wants me here. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again, which all of that is uh, that ministry of reconciliation we read earlier. I, I would like to be with Christ, but it is this ministry of reconciliation that I have because Christ died on the cross, rose from the grave, and allowed me to be reconciled with him and with God. That that's what he wants to continue, and that's what he wants his life to be, be about. And that's what he wants us to be sharing is that showing people that they can have that same reconciliation that we do. Because yes. so many people don't realize it's even possible. Yes, 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 yes. He says in Philippians 3, 7, which he goes even a step further, talking about distractions, whatever gain I had, so whatever I thought was good about life before Christ, whatever I thought was beautiful and wonderful and desirable and, and, and a, an image of success and an image of happiness, an image of health, uh, all whatever I had that I thought was anything, you know, I thought, man, this is really great. I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. I, literally, every valuable thing that he had before his relationship with Christ is now he considers it's a loss. I, it, it just kept me from experiencing this beautiful, wonderful, incredible thing. Indeed, verse 8, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth. In other words, it's so much better to know Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, which I think Really what he means is, so I'm, I've lost all those things, but I've not really lost anything. Yeah. Because that all was, at the end of the day, compared to knowing Christ and walking with him and having the Holy Spirit and being a part of this ministry of reconciliation, being this new self, which is so much freer, full of hope and joy than the old self, everything else is rubbish compared to that. Yeah. And, and I think we talked about this a little bit 
the other night. Uh, do we really treat those things as rubbish in our lives? I mean, it's do we really treat that old life like you would seeing the garbage man come in our neighborhood tomorrow and pick up that garbage? We have absolutely no attachment to it. We could care less what happens to that garbage when it's gone. And that's what he's saying here. Man, that's really tough when you start thinking about, yeah. do I have that feeling in my life that this stuff is truly rubbish, that I would just let the trash man come and take it away from me, or do I still hold on to little pieces of it? Oh, yes. And I'll tell you what, a family of six can go through some trash in a week. <laughs> and so um, last week, I I got up, I was kind of moving around, I was working on some stuff, and I heard the garbage truck coming, and I we had not put our trash out. Oh, no. And I'm going to tell you, we are overflowing every week because we get two cans, or six of us, and we're trashy people when we're not going anywhere. So, But I will tell you, that's a great uh, example because when they come, my appreciation for them is so great. I can't wait to get rid of our trash. Yeah. And that's what he's saying. I it's like I just am glad to just see it. Get it go. out of the way. I don't need it anymore. Yes, yeah. I've got something so much better. Yeah, that is so good. Yeah, some more good comments here we have coming in. We'll jump back just a minute. The uh, Vanessa Tripp says the great pause has been a huge blessing for our family. We didn't have a moment to ourselves, but in this new life, we're flourishing as a family and with being together all the time. Not sure I want to go back to our old ways, except maybe a little baseball, because we do miss that just a little. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I have seen the Trip family, and their idea of t- togetherness is have your daughter look down in a ball of water like this and, <laughs> and squeeze it into her face. So we I'm saw not that. really sure. We saw I'm that, I'm not Tim. sure that, you know. Yeah, yeah we saw that happen. <laughs> Lila, I, well, I will teach you some good things when we're back together. Bring your notepad, because I'm going to teach you some things to do to your dad. And, yeah. Uh, but, but is, that's something they're going to remember forever yeah is being together as a family so that's really good stuff yeah absolutely absolutely um, my wife karen says we're longing for the day to be reunited reunited with our earthly family how much more exciting it will be to be re- reunited with our loved ones in heaven yeah. yeah i think the separation we're all facing here and you know that you and know, that's, that's that's a great point because jesus doesn't talk about death the way we talk about no death. he does not he talks about going to sleep. Like it's a temporary, we go to sleep, and then we awaken yeah. you know, in heaven with Christ. So, yeah, that's a, that's a, a great point. Uh, and we don't even fully know it. We had, a, we had a great, some great conversations at our house just around heaven and hell this week, which were kind of <laughs> unexpected. But just, you guys are just a fun-loving yeah, bunch, aren't you? <laughs> right. But, I mean, our, generally our, our conversation was for the most part, around the reality that we don't really know what it's going to look like. Right. We don't really know, only that it's going to be like better than our wildest. It's going to be yeah. better than a trip to Disney. And I know some people are like, no. Some of you are watching right now are like, no, Disney, are you kidding? Yeah. No, I know. I'm just kidding. But but literally, it's heaven is going to be so wonderful. So we were talking about hell and the images uh, uh, in, of that in Scripture. and And we don't really know what that looks like. We just know that it's, it's going to be painful not to have fully experienced Christ. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's beautiful what this eternal life provides and that Jesus is just saying, that, listen, death is not final. It's not the end. Even when we these bodies die, we just go to sleep, and then we're going to be awoken with Christ in a new heaven and a new earth or however that's all going to work Man, out. I just thought of a great example, kind of an analogy, uh, thinking about our, our friend Gwen here that's a Disney planner and, we're praying for her because it's a tough thing yes, for, for her. She's, yes. you know, that's, you know, part of her livelihood, what she does. And 
gosh, it's just gone right now because the tourism, tourism industry is completely shut down. But I was thinking about Gwen and so many people have talked about her and how much they have, that she has helped them in planning their trip and getting things together. And I got to thinking, that's the same way with us as Christians. We should be helping those around us plan for that trip to heaven. Yes. You know, we should be helping them mold their lives in a way that when they get there, it's going to be made the most of that trip. Yes. And I just thought, man, that's a great analogy as to yes. what we should be doing. The things that Gwen does to help you go to Disney, we should be doing to help our brothers and sisters in Christ go to heaven. Yes, 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 absolutely. He goes on, talking in that same vein, he goes on to say, uh, he counts all that as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, which is what we tend to default towards that false self, our own righteousness, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead, which I think Paul goes, he's so good at talking about how important Jesus is and what it looks like to fully follow him, even saying, if, I'm, if I have to suffer the way Jesus suffered, and Jesus suffered in some really horrendous, mm-hmm. terrible ways. You'll notice on our Tenebrae service, even reenactments, we didn't show any reenactments of beatings or Jesus really on the cross that you could see anything, because it really is horrendous. I wasn't sure why, not that we're afraid right. of that, or that we don't believe it's true, simply because I knew there would be young eyes that we're going to be watching, and we didn't. We that's up to a parent to show them those things if they yeah. want to, not us. But he's saying, I it, this knowing Christ, this new self is so powerful and new and wonderful that I would even go through what Jesus did to get yeah. it. He would share that same suffering. Share the same sufferings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another yeah. another good comment we have this morning is from Brittany McNutt. It says it has shown us how truly consumed we are with by earthly things. It's really sad when you think about how easily distracted we get by the chaos around us. I'm really enjoying the quietness of life. Yes, me too. Me too. Yeah, very good. Well, we are we are about um, out of time, and we've got a few more things that we want to do. But I did want to somewhat leave on a note of, so you asked a great question. Uh, so how do you do this? Yeah. How do you do this? And I, I would say there's a lot of answers. One answer would be, the Holy Spirit is in part doing this in you already. Uh, and God is working and drawing you in into that path. You you can certainly take steps that help you do that. And, and that looks like knowing God's word, spending time in quiet time. Quiet time is not just prayer time where you're now speaking, but it's time of reflecting and listening and seeing what God wants to say through the Holy Spirit to you about your life and about your time right now uh sometimes it does involve a friend to say hey help me to see what i don't see about myself maybe it's a counselor a a pastor maybe it's some journaling those are all good things that you can do but i will tell you this it took courage for christ to go through what he did and we know it took courage because of his prayer in the garden um, right as he was being betrayed just an anxiety stress you know sweating drops of blood asking God if this if this cup can pass for me if, so, if we can do this another way let's do it another way but if not I'm going through it so we knew it took great courage for Christ um, scripture tells us that he is acquainted with everything we're acquainted with except for sin 
And so it took great courage for him to do that. It will take courage for you to explore and to live out your new self. You cannot do it uh, on cruise control or on autopilot. You are going to have to be intentional about seeking God and letting him restore and renew you and putting away that old self and at the same time having the courage to experience this new life. 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7 says, I'm, uh, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now talking Paul talking to Timothy. I am sure uh, dwells in you as well. Verse 6, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is the Holy Spirit and the ex- accepting of the gospel that the transformation that it happens within us. Fan that into flame. In other words, you've got you've got a part to play. Exercise this. Live this fully. Work through this, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And this is it's interesting how he turns this conversation. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So he he even describes it that there can be a fear of living fully into your new self. And it does take courage to experience that. Yeah, I mean, the courage is, is something I think a lot of us are, are kind of reaching deep down for right now anyway. Just trying to, the courage for some of us just to face the next day. That are, yes. Uh, because uh, we talk about, we've had lots of positive comments about the piles for people. But I know there's people out there this morning that it's yes. not such a positive yes. thing for them. They're, they're struggling every day with the low, lack of social interaction and things like that. And not being able to go out and do their routines and uh so we need to, I've seen several people this week say, be careful of condemning those that don't react to this the same way you do. Yes. So, you know, if, word. you know, if, if maybe this morning you're sitting here thinking, well, this pause isn't affecting me like this. I don't, Hey, it's okay. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. going to be different. And, and sometimes it, each of us, it takes courage to our courage in our own lives looks different than it does in your life. That's right. Each That's one good. of us has a, a different part to play. That, that is, that is a good word. Well, we are so thankful to share this Easter with you. And as we desire to experience this new life more fully, um, I, I know you do as well. And I, I will want to pray that you will have that opportunity. Um, I also want to just thank you for your generosity and your continued giving to Journey Online. And um, I want to just let you know that is still available at journeychattanooga.com forward slash give. Uh, we do look forward to coming back together, and when we do, we're we're, gonna, we're planning a big party. We're going to have a big party when oh, we absolutely. get to be together. So, um, so we are looking forward to that. Continue to send us your prayer requests and the ways that we can um, pray with you. And uh, but I I want to pray with you. Any any last comments? Uh, one of the things just along those same lines of practical things is I encourage you to stay connected. There's lots yes. of ways right now that you can stay connected to Journey. Uh, we're doing devotionals online. We have uh, men's and ladies group meeting online that you're free to to jump in and join. Don't think that because you weren't coming physically here on a Wednesday night or whenever that you can't jump into those groups and and, and participate with us. We'd love to see everybody yes. that wants to. There's no limit there. And so if you'd like to, you know. Uh, attend with us it'd be great because we yeah we can we can repost some of those groups josh was asking could we repost some of that i think that would be a good thing for us to do this week and just uh keep keep doing what we're doing yeah we love you guys we've got one more song we want to do with you and um which i think i hope should um summarize kind of our day and what this day means to us but let me pray with you father god i thank you for your incredible 
love, that while we were still sinners, you died for us. I thank you for the great community that we have here just in experiencing you together. Uh, I thank you for the technology that's been developed that at times feels like it's robbing us from life, but right now is giving us a lifeline to other people. Uh, Lord, I pray for those who are suffering in ways uh, that you know, we can't fully understand, either if they're out of work, financial stress is growing, those who are sick or someone that they love is sick, we pray for healing and restoration within them. Father, we just, we lay all this at your feet. We, I recognize when Paul says everything else is rubbish except knowing Christ. I, I recognize that's a daily battle, at least it is for me. And so, Father, I pray that you would continue to show us your life and show us uh, what it looks like to know you and fully live into this new self. Thank you for your love and your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.